Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelor. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we are talking spoilers, news and gossip, insider info, astrology, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hello, everybody. We are so excited to be back here with you guys at Throw a Batch for the 25th season of The Bachelor. And guys, we have a very, very special surprise for you before we get into the recap. We have casting director Jazzy Collins on the show with us. So if you guys follow all of The Bachelor podcasts, the Instagrams, you probably know who Jazzy is. She really made waves during the Black Lives Matter movement with her very open and honest post about working on The Bachelor as a casting director and the bachelorette and you have so many amazing thoughts and opinions and we're so open and honest and it basically really started this whole bachelor diversity thing which we have the fruits of the labor with Matt James right now so thank you for joining us girl thank you so much for having me it's exciting (laughs) so first I want to ask you when you made that post on Instagram did you have any idea about the traction that it would get? And did you get any backlash for it at all from the people that you worked with? I had absolutely no idea it was gonna blow up. I kind of posted it as just like, hey, here's my like, I think I only had like 2000 followers at that moment. I was like, here's my 2000 followers, here's my thoughts. Um, And then all of a sudden, I think it was about six hours later, I started getting news outlets reaching out to me, all these people reposting it. And I was like, what is going on? Um, and of course, I immediately thought I was going to get backlash from it. I was like, someone is going to, from the industry is going to get upset. I might get blacklisted for talking out about it. But actually, so many more people ended up coming forward from not only the Bachelor community, but the casting community as a whole. And they said, you know, I've experienced the very similar things in, in uh, casting and production. And thank you so much for speaking out. So I got really, really lucky with that. I did have some trolls, but that's expected. You know, Um, they all said like, why does it have to be about black people? Why does it always have to be about, you know, race and all this stuff? And I said, it's just, it's such a bigger thing than you think it is. And, you know, you just push the trolls aside and move on. Well, I want to touch first on Tasha's season, Claire slash Tasha's season. So my first question for you is, as a casting director, someone that has worked on The Bachelor, a shakeup with the cast like that, have you ever heard of anything like this before? And do you think there's any chance it was planned in some way because of the Black Lives Matter movement? I had my skeptics when I was, I was pretty skeptical when I first heard about everything that was happening with Tasha, because um, it all seemed very timely. Um, oh, we're going through the Black Lives Matter movement. We currently have a white lead. This is a great way to throw in a black lead. Do I do feel like Claire actually did know who she wanted? Yeah. I at first was like, mm, I don't know. But I think Claire was absolutely infatuated and really loves Dale. And she was just like, why am I going through this? Why am I 
forcing myself to this process if it's just going to be like, I'm going to choose him. Um, and then at that moment, I think they were like, well, guess what? Let's also just throw in a black lead because it would be really bad if we were to throw in a white lead right now. When I worked on the season that Tasha was on, um, she was one of those people when she came into the interview, I was like, she is A, stunning, and B, she would be a really great lead on the show. And they just, you know, looked past it. It was not someone that they were looking to have. They just, you know, they had Rachel and they were like, okay, we had our black woman lead. We can move on to, you know, normal like normalcy which is just white leads and I'm so happy that they ended up using her I am upset that she didn't have a full season to herself and she had to share the spotlight when you're casting for a group of suitors for the bachelor or bachelorette do you keep that in mind if someone could have lead potential yeah I mean people always come through the door and they'll blow you away and you always keep in the back of your mind that you go you know what they would be a really great lead um I when I was working there I was not the top of everything so I wasn't the one that was making the decisions you know it was all network along with other other casting members of the team and it was also the executives um so I was never the one that could pull the trigger but I would always mention like this person would be awesome this person would be a really great lead and you keep that in mind for almost every show that you cast is just like not everyone can be a suitor people need to be leads in a tv show and that's definitely something i saw in tasha i saw it in tasha also after bachelor in paradise when she was with jpj i was like oh that's a bummer because i want her to be the next lead do you know any reason why they went with claire was she someone they had as an idea prior to choosing her and then they finally just went with it or they really vetted through and just decided tasha wasn't it i wasn't there at that moment oh, um, I, okay. left, I left the show by that point but i know that they were having pushback to get older leads because we were consistently having leads that are in their mid to late 20s and i think people wanted to see something new so this was their way of shaking it up it wasn't that much of a shake up to me it was just another you know i and i think she identifies as half latina or latinx yeah. um but you know she is white appearing so it's easy to just throw someone like that as the next person even if she's an older bachelorette getting back to Tasha's season so we have ivan which me and you jazzy have talked about and yes we have had black male contestants on the show before we haven't seen them make it as far and ivan really opened up about black lives matter about everything that he has been through first of all do you ever think those conversations happen and ABC just cuts them out? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think it's not something that people, they thought that people wanted to watch. And now that we're being a lot more vocal about it, now they're throwing in those. But I'm also noticing that I'm starting to see it almost produced. Like, oh, there's a producer on the side saying, what do you guys think about the Black Lives Matter movement? and then they're throwing it in. Um, I know we're gonna get a little bit later into it, but I think even with Matt's season, I noticed that they were forcing it in rather than just having it come naturally in a conversation. Yeah, and Ivan brings his family. His brother had been in prison and now he was out. And there actually was a moment that we thought his brother wasn't going to be there for hometowns. I'm very, you know, 
interested to know, I don't think we'll ever know if he got cold feet, if the producers were like, I don't know, is this too far? We've never put anybody like this that's been in prison publicly on the show. What were your thoughts about those scenes with his brother and maybe how difficult it could have been for producers to actually convince everybody else that this conversation and these scenes need to happen? Yeah, I think giving, putting someone on television is not easy, um, especially someone that has had a background in, you know, has been arrested previously. It's not something a lot of people want to do. I think, you know, if you were in, like, I've worked on shows before where we're, we're getting people that have been in prison and, you know, now they're being on television. It's a lot of convincing. And also... The show, The Bachelor, is not something that's a huge thing in the Black community. I know a lot of friends and family members that have never watched the show, and when I worked on it, they were like, why are you working on that white show? You know, that was, that was the response I was getting. And they probably still have a very negative um, connotation to it when they think about it. They're like, oh, well, why am I going to go on this show? Like, well, how is it going to help me? Um, Ivan will do just fine without me. So I think it's a mixture of him just being hesitant and like, there's no reason for me to be there because it's not going to help. And then also his background. He doesn't want to be put in a public eye and be judged for what he did because Bachelor Nation is harsh on people. I'm not exactly sure how the ratings were this summer. We were mid-pandemic. There wasn't travel. Like, I don't think they can blame the ratings on either of the leads but you know you casted for Rachel's season and after that they said oh well that didn't get good enough ratings do you think that this is a different time now and even though the ratings this summer might not have been great that like bachelor nation is going to be pushing the envelope to be like no you need to continue to cast these kinds of people you can't blame it on the ratings yeah absolutely i think now that we're starting to get that uptick of people talking about it i mean everyone was excited to hear about matt james's season so it's like why not start putting more diverse leads there's literally no reason to do it so i think yeah i think if they had lower ratings i didn't check their ratings either so i don't know so if they had lower ratings during the summer i think you can't blame um the leads at all you have to look at hey there was a pandemic maybe people weren't interested in watching people fall in love right now. Like they have other things on their mind. And, but I know I was binging a lot more <laughs> during this time because I'm like, I have so much time right now. What else am I going to do? I don't have to drive to and from work, but do not blame people of color leading a mostly white show as the reason why. It, there's usually another reason why that your show isn't doing well. And I'm sure it's not that. Well, on the Matt James note, so the casting of Matt James was very interesting. We haven't seen a lead be cast for a very, very long time, like over a decade. That hasn't been on the show previously. And this was when there was petitions. Rachel Lindsay was saying, if you guys don't fix this, I'm no longer going to be a part of Bachelor Nation. And then all of a sudden, they picked Matt James. They announced him. They pulled him from Claire's cast. Would you have rather him been on the season and there have been an authentic choice for The Bachelor, which could have been Ivan, it could have been a handful of guys that were on it that were, you know, of color. So do you think this was a good choice? Did it annoy you in any way that they put a Band-Aid on, on a 
bullet hole. And they're like, okay, we fixed it. Yeah, this this was a convenient choice for me. Um, I was excited because I did, was excited that we had a black lead um, that was male. What I wasn't excited about was how they chose him. And they tried to make it look like, oh, no, we've been talking to Matt for so long. This is someone that we definitely wanted. I do like, though, that it is a new lead. It isn't someone that we already have an idea of this person because now they not only are they black but they also have a clean slate so they don't have something that they have to own up to from another previous season and it's kind of refreshing to finally see a new lead um but although i would like to see ivan as a bachelor he's still you know we could still see that Me too. <laughs> yeah same yeah i'm really crossing my fingers for that yeah i know he's and he's trying to get it too he's posting photos with roses and i'm like <laughs> all right, we get it. We get it. Don't give us too much of that or else I'm not going to want you as Bachelor anymore because you're trying too hard, Ivan. Uh, right. <laughs> but Matt is also, Matt is great for the new viewers like me. Like I just started watching Bachelor Nation. I'm very green to this whole world. And it's just, it's good for me to kind of finally have a lead that, that doesn't have that previous history. And I'm like starting it with him in a sense. Exactly. You know, I watched last season, but yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's also a lot more new viewers right now because there's a black lead. So it's everyone is starting fresh, which is really good. So what did you think of Matt's performance last night? And more specifically, um, well, let's start with that. His overall performance last night as The Bachelor. What did you think? Oh, Matt. Um, he, <laughs> he means well. <laughs> um, I, I found him... I know he was nervous. It was the first night, but I found him a little dull. That he wasn't really giving that much oomph or flavor or any sort of like excitement. It was just very like matter of fact. And I wanted more from him. And I'm just going to blame that on that he was nervous. And he kept saying that he was nervous and really anxious about the experience. He didn't know what to expect. But as a lead, I was slightly disappointed because I think he, I thought he was a little boring. Yeah. And, you know, he has this conversation with Chris Harrison where he did express that he feels as though he's trying to please so many different groups of people, which might have been the reason why he was playing it safe so much. What did you think about this conversation? And was Chris Harrison the appropriate person to be having this conversation with? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I know what he was trying to say was basically... I know I might select someone that America is not going to be happy with, which I actually had a different take on this whole thing. Um, my first instinct was that I honestly don't think he's into black women as much as um, America might hope he is. And because of that, he is more likely to choose someone of a different race, whether they're white, you know, Latina or, or whatever. And I don't want you to be mad about that is what I heard. And then he chalked it up to saying, I'm biracial, I'm white and I'm black. So why do I have to choose that, you know, specific? Um, and because of that, I was like, hmm, why did you need to preface this? What are you afraid of? And 
Chris Harrison is not going to know what to say. This man is a white man. He doesn't, he's like, okay, like, I understand, nodding my head. This is a conversation that needed to happen with someone that was either, there's just a person of color. I know that's not going to be the case because they're not going to throw in a random host just for his season. Um, but even if it was just almost like, um, off the cusp and he was just having a conversation with the producer, just talking to camera and just talking his feelings out that way. I think it would have been a little bit more interesting rather than watching him talk to Chris Harrison about the whole thing. The whole thing. I was just like a little cringy during that moment. I was like, I know you're afraid, but this moment right here is telling a lot more rather than showing. And I'd rather you just show your love story rather than trying to preface it and trying to be almost like politically correct during the whole thing. Just be you. Do you think he has reason to be worried that people will be angry with him? And is that, is that fair? I, I think people are going to be angry no matter what, you know, um, bachelor, like I said before, bachelor nation is a harsh crowd. So you're, you can't people please everyone and trying to preface it is trying to people please and just have your journey and let's watch it. We'll see what happens with everything that happens. I think he has a lot of great girls that he could actually fall in love with. And I don't care myself who he falls in love with, but I know from the black community, we are itching to see a black, just to see black love. We don't see it in on a public stage a lot. You know, Ivan and Tasha was the last taste of that. And obviously people were really excited about it, but we as a community are, I'm not trying to speak for all of us, but I know a lot of us want to see just two black people fall in love on a national stage, especially that's something that's predominantly a white stage. So I think people are clinging on to that and hoping for that. And he's afraid that I'm probably not going to fall in love with, uh, you know, a black woman. And I don't want you to get mad at me because of it, which is fine. I get it. I understand it, but you don't need to preface it. It's fine. Let's just watch your journey. Yeah. I was watching Love Island and I was like, it's a shame that this show's only been on for two seasons. And yes. we like, it's like we've had, yeah, the US and we like have that outcome. Everyone's happy. And I look at The Bachelor, I'm like, and so many years are still waiting for this. It's just bizarre to me, but. Exactly, exactly. I mean, <sighs> I, I hate to say that, like, he doesn't like black women. Like, you know, I don't, I can't put that into, you know, say that into the universe and actually say that's a true fact. But when he was prefacing, like, oh, I might not fall in love with a black woman. It, for me, I was like, are you just saying you don't black, like black women and we should be prepared for you to fall in love with someone else that's not us? And I, that's why I was like, Ooh, maybe you should just left that out. <laughs> this is the first step in like a much bigger ladder that needs to be climbed. As far as the girls, I feel like when you saw this cast of girls, you must have been like, hallelujah. Oh my God. I mean, this was like what probably would have been your dream to cat. Oh my God. Could you imagine Ari's season with all of these girls? <laughs> Oh my God. I would have literally been like on the floor. It would have been amazing. I was so happy. And honestly, my, I think I said this on another podcast. I was so excited about 
Chelsea. Chelsea was like, I asked specifically for this, like in my open letter and been talking about it publicly. I just want a black woman with natural hair that is short. That is all I want. I am tired of seeing the same type of black woman, black woman with weaves or black woman with chemically straightened hair. There's so much more diversity within the black community than what they were showing. So when I saw her, I was like, yes, yes, finally. So I give them props for their casting this season. I think they did a great job. Um, it was just way long overdue. <laughs> and I love your point about the natural hair because I heard that on one of the podcasts you were on and um, there's several girls that, and it's, and it's so amazing to see. Do you think that with all of these different types of women, I mean, most of the women on the show look a certain way. I mean, honestly, even Colton season, you looked at that and you were like, holy crap, all of these girls with blonde hair, they all look exactly the same. We also get a lot of Southern girls on this show, typically from the South, that perhaps might have grown up in a racist community, let's be honest. Do you think there's going to be any kind of racial clash at all between these women because they'll be living together and maybe some of them have never experienced. Yeah, I've been seeing um, some gossip columns and I think on TikTok last night, someone was posting about how one of the girls came from a really racist town and how she doesn't like black women. And I was like, oh no, the first night and we're already getting something like this. I really don't want another Lee situation. I think that storyline is just terrible. Like it's not a storyline that we should even be talking about if you're not going to do it right. And they did not do it right with Lee. So I'm hoping that is not a case. There, we are definitely going to have clash between the women if there's no show without it. Um, but I'm just hoping it's not a racial clash. I would like to just watch a season with a person of color lead the, uh, not talking about race the entire time. There's been a lot of talk about how faith is a big thing in Bachelor Nation. Working there, did you feel like it was like a Christianity club? I'm not knocking any of it because I, for all faiths, but it must be uncomfortable for people of different faiths. I, when I was there, I never really experienced any of that. It was just more of like a white centric um, rather than like a specific religion um, because there were other religious backgrounds that you know there was Jewish people there you know Christian people there was a whole slew of that that were behind the scenes but I'm assuming what you're alluding to was the whole Matt James situation where he prayed um, and I was I'm someone that identifies as agnostic and I think forcing some sort of religion on someone especially in the first night, was absolutely uncalled for. If you are of a Jewish faith, a Muslim faith, whatever it is, and you were forced to start praying with someone, I would be really upset. Um, so I, I have a lot of, a lot yeah. of, yeah. Well, I feel like that. since it wasn't physical, like people weren't forced and I guess this is his it's both of their journeys, but I guess he wanted to make that statement. This is what's important to him. I'm personally not religious. So I guess I would have just played along if I was in the situation, but I also probably would have just said, I'm going, I'm just going to leave, especially if the followers weren't important to me. There is some skepticism wondering if any of the girls decide to leave on their own after that. 
Mm-hmm. Reality TV is a pressure cooker and you are in an environment where you're already uncomfortable. And then when you add another layer to like this, which is religion, and you're forced into this, it, you're going to yeah. say yes. You're, it's, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to nod my head and do it. But I'm not going to step out and say, and like, look at the camera and be like, this is not for me. And then just leave. They're not going to do that. They want their opportunity to meet and chat with him. I'm fine with him talking about his religious background on television. I'm not against that at all. But I think that is a conversation, especially when you're dating someone for the first time, is a one-on-one conversation and you sit down and talk about how important is faith to you? Is this a deal breaker if I'm not the same religious background? But my, I was actually talking about this with my sister before this, and, and she was just like, but what if he was doing this just to see who would leave and see if it's almost like what will happen if I were to do something like that? And I was like, I don't think he was doing that because he said he was doing it because he was nervous and it made him more comfortable. But yeah. in that moment, he made more people uncomfortable. And that's what I'm not okay with. I'm Jewish and I was watching with my mom last night and I knew it was coming too. And he did that and she goes, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like Taysha, the Hannah Brown season. So far, I keep seeing it all every season. Yeah, and and Colton. Everyone. Faith diversity going on. I would love to see a Muslim lead. That's something that you would never see. (laughs) Exactly, yes. Another type of diversity, a child-free lead, like people who understand that there's a lot of different ways to make a family. Something that we see so often in this show is, Tasha, I want to have five kids. I can't wait to have kids. I'm looking for the father to my future kids, you know? There are so many other different types of diversity that I hope one day down the line the show will tackle. I completely agree. There's so much that they can do and they had so many seasons to do it. And it's just like, wow, glad you finally arrived. Thank you so much for joining us. I know. (laughs) Baby steps in 2021. And other big networks, you know, like CBS slash Viacom, they have this new standard uh, that they will be casting 50% diversity. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think that that is actually going to be something that will stick for years to come? I'm hoping it will stick for years for com- years to come. Um, I'm starting to notice it just in, in the casting side that it's a lot being, it's something that's being pushed. Um, and I'm so happy for it because I've been advocating for it for so long. Um, I, I, I think it's not even just having the diverse cast that's also important though it's the people that are casting it and the people that are on the production side as well because you can tell all these diverse stories on television but if there is no one that looks like them behind the scenes it's not going to work and do you have any knowledge of the people behind the scenes these past two seasons if you know whether casting or anything if they did bring in more people of color more diversity I have no idea, but I do know that they had a posting um, for for looking for some more um, people of color to join their production team. And one of the women who remains wants to remain anonymous um, sent me an email back and forth of what it was. Now this woman was an Emmy nominated producer and she was told that, and she's also black, and she was told that she needed to start from the bottom there. Um, so 
here we go again. Like you're forcing people in a box that they shouldn't need to be in. If she is someone that has all these accolades, she should not be forced at the bottom just because she's new. And also she's black. So it's like, it's fine if you want to do it, just do it right. And a lot of the people that are at the top are white. And unless they start saying goodbye and moving on, which I know it's hard, it's really easy to stay in the same job for so long, especially in an industry that is so volatile. Like it's great to have something that's like, ooh, I'm I'm chilling. I'm, I can just sit back and relax and collect my paycheck. But it's time for other people of color to be able to step up to the plate and actually produce and show these amazing stories. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if they step down. So hopefully in the future they do. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe, like, I think Rachel Lindsay's literally going to take over the world. So, <laughs> you know, she can get in one of these positions if she ever wants to. I mean, honestly, like, listen, I like Chris Harrison. He's basically like the TV father to me. I've interviewed him before. He's a nice guy. And I know Rachel has her own career and everything that she's doing, but it would have been kind of cool in a fantasy world if she could have hosted this season. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That would have been actually really cool because JoJo popped in for a little hot second. So it's not like out of the norm, but like that would have been really cool. Rachel would have actually had an opinion. I love JoJo, but I was like, (laughs) what is she doing here? Like, this is not good. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, because she, watching her have the conversation with Matt about choosing a specific race would have been really interesting because she would have pushed him and said, you know, why are you even saying this? She said that producers asked her to come appear on this season at some point, but she wasn't able to because she's like the hardest working woman in show business right now. Yeah, she's a busy woman. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to thank you so very much for taking the time to talk to us. I'd love to talk to you again at the end of the season to see how this shakes out and Matt's choices, but please tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. So you can find me at It's Jazzy Collins. Um, I also, I have a casting page at Jazzy Casting, which is where I post all my casting notices of anything that you, if you want to be on TV. Um, I also have a website at jazzycasting.com. So you can just reach out to me at any of those platforms and I will always respond. Awesome. Well, happy new year. We will talk to you soon. Thank you again. Happy new year. And thank you for having me. Of course. Bye. (laughs) Bye. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation. Hopefully we can have Jazzy in down the line. As you guys know, if you don't, you should know. We are a spoiler podcast and we are going to be talking about spoilers. I don't think Jazzy is spoiled, so I didn't want to break the news to her that Rachel is likely now the projected F1 who Matt picks. So I really would like to have her on towards the end of the season um, as things come out to see what she thinks as to how he picked her. We're going to get into a lot of spoilers, you guys. What we're really trying to do with you is analyze the show in a way where you already know kind of what's going to happen. With that being said, Reality Steve has said this is one of the only seasons that he literally barely knows a thing. He's not going to have episode by episode breakdowns. I feel like he might have had a source on the inside that perhaps is no longer there or no longer wants to work with him. We'll get into what he said during News and Gossip. Well, yes, we are spoilers. We still don't know a lot. I, for instance, I love, if I see a movie and I love it, 
I like watching it the second time around so I can pick up on everything that I know. And I think that's a really great way to watch the show. I think that, you know, especially in this world where it's really hard to avoid spoilers, we're on it. Like, come on this journey with us. Don't be afraid, guys. Just don't be afraid. Try it out for one season with us, okay? It's 2021. Time to make some changes. Let's start from the beginning. We're getting to know Matt James. So he is a real estate broker and he loves working with kids as we've seen from ABC Food Tours, which is what he does with Tyler Cameron. And he also is a part of another big organization that helps children. And man, is he getting the star treatment? Like, wow, flying out to Nemecolon on a helicopter in this beautiful home. And his mother is there to meet him you know, not everyone is good for TV, right? His mom was a little bleak, non-emotive. Maybe that's where he gets it from. What did you guys think of his mom? She seems like a typical mom. I think it was nice that they had them have a little conversation. She certainly loves her blush. Um, blush <laughs> she just seemed like a typical mom who was just kind of like, Lord, what am I doing here? I Googled today, who is Matt James's dad? what's up with him. I couldn't really find much information besides the fact that on Father's Day on Instagram this past year, he posted a picture of him and his mother. And, you know, he said that they split up really young and it's really influenced his feelings about love. I get that. I'm from a broken family. Does this make him a more interesting bachelor? It does. I mean, because I always found like while I was dating myself that the guys that I dated that came from like a broken family had a very serious manner when it came to relationships and hoping for that family. It's always the ones, I don't know, it, not always, I can't generalize, but it typically the ones that came from like the most perfect family structure were the ones that ran away from it a little bit. When you come from a broken family, you can't help but always imagine what your family is going to be like and how you're going to break that cycle. I, I do like that about him and I can really relate to it. So we had some really interesting packages this season that we didn't get much of last season, which I definitely missed. We just kind of got the guys dancing around at La Quinta going out of their minds. This season, we got some really solid packages, which included first and foremost, Abigail, who has a cochlear implant. And she just seems so sweet. And a story like hers is something that's unique on the show. We'll get more into her in a little bit. I loved Kristen's package. She's a lawyer. She has amazing energy. I definitely see her going far within Bachelor Nation. Like, I could see a lot of people liking her. Maggie, who is also another amazing story. She's a pharmacist from Ethiopia, and she basically won the lottery of getting American citizenship. And she has been through all of this schooling. She seems like an extremely hard worker. Off the bat, I was just really impressed that someone like that was on the show. I also really liked Sarah's package. She is a broadcast journalist. Her dad has ALS, which is a horrible, debilitating disease. She's very close with her family. She sacrificed a lot to go take care of him. Even on Instagram, she was there with her family last night having some champagne. And you saw her dad on her Instagram too. I like her a lot. So those were kind of the standouts, but we got a lot of other good packages as well. Now we addressed this with Jazzy a little bit, which is the Matt and Chris chat. We'll just talk about it a little bit more, but 
how awkward do you think Chris Harrison felt? And did he really seem as oblivious as it appeared? I think he's just like robotically trained to have to ask questions and being a host for so many years that he, that's just like his knee jerk reaction. But I was of two minds, one mind agreeing completely with Jazzy, another mind of knowing that you are always in like a push and pulse or a seesaw. The expectations when you're um, biracial is just, it's a lot, you know, you're, I'm always getting hate from my Italian side. I'm always getting hate from you know, my Hispanic family, Latin Hispanic family. So you can never literally make everyone happy. I think we can probably all agree that Chris Harrison was not the right person to have this conversation with. I would have liked to have seen that conversation with his mom, with like someone like Rachel Lindsay, that would have been awesome. Or like even another white man, but like Tyler who has such a like connecting and relationship with Matt like they just know each other on such a deep level level they call each other brothers or Matt's brother he is a brother surprise in a way I feel like bad for her that she has to be this like go-to person it must be annoying that's true but with great power comes great responsibility and I don't know I can't say if I was in her shoes because I don't know what that feels like but I feel as though it is an honor and she is a part of this franchise and has benefited from it. And so I would love for her, if she so chooses, to continue to be that voice to keep this diversity going. I mean, it's a huge responsibility to have on your back. Hopefully now Matt James can maybe be that person in the future for other leads of color instead of Rachel having to be the only one that always does it. I mean, he could have spoken to Tasha as well, but the thing is that Rachel is very clear and gets straight. She's just a very good communicator. So I look at her more because she's just so great at communicating and she's very intuitive at the same time. You know, obviously Tasha was at Nemecolon for the Mentel All because that's where it was filmed. I'm curious if she was able to have a conversation with him at all. That would be cool if she pops up later. Yeah, it would be very cool. Then we have our limo entrances. Matt is so nervous. When like they first started, he looked like he was going to poop his pants, I swear. like He was just terrified. And I found it interesting the way they put the women in order as far as who was coming out. Because, guys, again, spoiler alert, we do know a little bit about who his top women are. So first we see Brie, who is apparently final three. I love Brie, she's absolutely stunning, well-spoken. And when she walks away, he's like, wow, she's incredible. I also found it hilarious how you would see how close the women were to him and he would just be like, wow, can't beat that. She's incredible, I can't, you know. It was as though they couldn't hear him. She didn't have a gimmick, she was just a normal, like, this is me, this is what I want. Hi, nice to meet you. I liked it. That's what I would do if I was on the show. And I also really like her outfit. It was one of my favorites. Mine too. Freaking green. Love green. Stunning. Then second, we have Rachel, the projected F1, the winner. She comes out with princess music. That's what I always say. And he does a little bite of the lip like, oh, damn, I want this woman. She is absolutely beautiful. Her headshots did her no justice. She kind of, I mean, they really didn't. She says all the right things and we'll get into her in a little bit. Chelsea, our girl Chelsea, so obsessed with her. And she Tall definitely- Tall glass of champagne. I mean, for real. She makes such an impression and she wears that dress like a runway model would. She was beautiful. And I think that Matt really, really liked her right off the bat and was impressed with her. 
Then we have Kayla. She comes up in a really cool pickup truck, which is stick, and that is not easy, you guys. And she's also from North Carolina, so she gives him a taste of home, which I loved. I kind of am getting friend vibes right off the bat, but I think she's fantastic. What do you guys think of her? I stan her. I love her. I've been stalking her on Instagram. Her outfits are always key. She's funny. I just hope she stays for a while because I love her. It's really easy to tell who Matt's into. Mm -hmm. He has very expressive eyes. He does, but I also feel like he says the same thing to everyone. You're just trying to be nice. You don't know what you're doing. I get it. Special shout out to Serena P, who apparently is also in the top three or four. She's beautiful. She has great energy. And she brings a stepping stool, which is really cute. I mean, the Matt is so tall, it's almost jarring. And his back must have hurt so bad the next day from having to bend over to give so many hugs. Then we get Abigail. And I loved her approach of right off the bat, she tells him that she is born deaf. She has cochlear implants. He's really genuine, and so is she. We'll get into her a little bit with the first impression, Rose. Obviously, I really like her. I don't know if she has lead potential. The only reason I'm saying that now is because she's a little bit subdued, but maybe she'll come out of her shell. I, I do think overall, on paper, she would be a fantastic lead. There's never been anyone like her on the show. She is unique, effervescent, beautiful. She seems very kind. She seems like she's going to get along very well with the other women. And then we have my favorite, Katie. Katie <laughs> brings a vibrator behind her back. I've been following Katie for months now. She's so, so funny. She's one of the first that comes out of the limo and he's so nervous. And he said in interviews that when she came out and whipped out that vibrator, it was just like this release that he needed. He laughed so hard. You know how that is when you're so nervous and something makes you laugh, you're just dying over it. And you can tell Matt and Tyler have that perverted humor. I would get along with them famously in real life. Caitlin, once again, we have different opinions, which is amazing. So why don't you like Katie? I mean, I like Katie. Like, I think she seems like a funny girl, like someone that I would like want to hang out with. Like, I don't like dislike her at all. Like, I dislike Victoria. I don't dislike Katie. But like, she's not someone who was like a main standout for me. I think just because we're so different, like I would literally never do something like that. And I would never like make the jokes that she does on TikTok and talk about that stuff. So I think that that's why I'm just like so the literal 180 degree opposite of her. I would like be more like an Abigail if I was on the show or like a Brie. Well, they're really awesome, but they're kind of boring. So <laughs> I'm really glad. And I'm going to tell you, Katie's not getting in the final four and I'm going to go with Brie and Abigail. I have a very good chance. Is Katie getting in the final four? No. Is it because of the vibrator? No. No, but it's because of her... Um, I love her humor. Here's she's she's the she's the friend. She's 100% in Alexis Waters. He's going to keep her around as comic relief and someone who makes him laugh and lightens the situation. I love Outrageous. I love Victoria. How oh. do you hate Victoria? How so do you I, like Okay, her? so then I'll be the resident Victoria stand because I think it's performative art that she's... I think okay. she's accomplishing that. I will give you that. I don't really find Katie like Alexis Waters. Alexis Waters was just like, she chose a shark costume, a dolphin, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? It, it didn't have anything to do with like who she was internally. Katie is sex positive. You know, Katie loves a good joke and it's a good joke. And I just think that she will be Bachelor Nation royalty. She's a very smart girl, obviously. 
If she plays her cards right, her dreams could come true of being a talk show host. And let's not forget, she just turned 30. This isn't like a 23-year-old. She is serious. I'm just a Katie stan, and I don't know why. I just feel so protective over her. We will get into whose feathers she ruffles because, listen, Katie isn't the kind of girl, like, not everyone's going to like Katie, okay? And she knows it. And I love somebody like that. You be you, girl. You be you. I love you. Okay. You too, Victoria. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. So everyone is inside now after the limo entrances. And Matt decides that he wants to start the party with a prayer. And this is something that has been very controversial after it aired um, because, you know, people are all different types of religions, of, of different types of faiths, and asking people to pray with you and starting a journey like this, which is a shared journey, and starting it with a prayer is not something that everyone believes in and would enjoy doing. I think I see this as two sides. So there's some people who say that it's absolutely wrong to ask people to pray with you and to start the episode with this because like not everyone is a Christian like he is and prays and believes in God. But also he was kind of sharing a part of himself with everyone. He said, this is something that calms him down. And if you're, if you're going to be on this journey to fall in love with him and to get him to fall in love with you, it's kind of helpful to know up front what his thoughts are and what his stance is on something as important as religion and prayer. Did this like rub you guys the wrong way? Did you think it was crazy that people thought it was not right? Yeah, it did rub me the wrong way. I completely get what you're saying. In a way, I just wish that it maybe was phrased better. Like if you guys are comfortable, if not, totally fine. Please bow your heads and pray with me. And the thing is, is I'm Jewish and we, be we I believe in God. I think that it was probably more uncomfortable for atheists or agnostics that just didn't believe in God at all because while well, I'm Jewish and I do believe in God, that's just not how we really like perform our praying. Like you would never see a Jewish bachelor come in and be like, Lord, please let's bow your heads and pray. Like that would never happen. Just in the flavor of debate, do you guys think this is totally different than inviting someone over? Like if you invited me over for Shabbat. Understanding that you're going to Shabbat, these girls are there thinking right. that they're going to get drunk and try to date Matt James. They're not wanting yeah. first of all. I think because of the randomness, even though it's really not that random once you look and think about it, of Tasha laying that on Ivan, do you think they did it on purpose to kind of go a different, you know, is, I, is, it, is it like jumping to another extreme? I just think that they pick religious leads in their quest to appease Bachelor Nation, which is primarily the middle of the country with Christians. That's just something that they lean to. And when you cast people who are religious and Christian, you know, this is what they're going to do. As a Jew, I'm going to speak on behalf of my experience. Finally, we were able to get a Black lead two, in fact, biracial leads. This is amazing. Through this 2020 time and BLM, there have been so many eyes that have been opened. Unfortunately for the Jewish community, anti-Semitism has only gotten worse. And I think if there was a Jewish lead that was like, everybody, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Melech there would be so many anti-Semites on those comments. And it would be far more. The troubles and the hate that goes towards people of color and towards Jews are different. Jews passes white, most of them, you know? So that's a very different thing. But at the same time, it's a prejudice that often gets so overlooked so many times. And the amount of anti-Semitism that is out there is huge. And 
lot of times news outlets aren't covering it. It's been huge in 2020. I mean, I'm talking some really awful things have happened and we're not covering it. It's kind of a bummer that like, I don't think at least for a very long time, there's going to be able to be a Jewish lead. Like I'm not, I wouldn't want a Jewish lead to go out there and say Baruch Atat I, I wouldn't. I, I honestly would think that would be weird. I do think there's something to be said that for whatever reason, Bachelor Nation isn't ready. Yeah, we've had a couple quote-unquote Jewish leads. I think it was Annie Dorfman and Jason Mesnick are the two that come to mind first, and they don't specifically identify as being Jewish and don't make it. A, it's like they kind of hide it, I almost feel, in a way. Whereas with, you know, a black man, you know, he's obviously a black man and he's obviously religious and this and that. It's just something I hope that maybe some people can think about and possibly there could one day be a man that says, you know, I don't necessarily need to marry a Jew, but I'm open. I'm open to everybody. And it would be nice. However, Judaism is a part of my life, just how they do with Christianity almost every fucking season. But the Jewish thing, when they do have a Jewish lead, it's tiptoed around. So after the controversial prayer, um, which by the way, was just controversial from like viewers, every, all the girls who were there seemed fine with it. In fact, Rachel cried during it, which was, um, Interesting. So then Matt goes on to having some one-on-one -on -one time chatting with the women. Some of the conversations that stood out, um, he talks to Kristen, who tells him that she thinks that it's amazing he's the first Black Bachelor. Uh, this was kind of a nice conversation. It, it would be nice to see some more conversations like this, but I do really hope that like race isn't the center of this season. He talks to Rachel, who is the Rumor final one, she's a little bit phony to me. Some of the things she said were actually kind of a red flag, I feel like, but they just put it in a pretty package. That she's guarded and that she oh. doesn't let her guard down at all because she's afraid that if she does, people will judge her for who she is. First of all, okay, being worried someone's going to judge you. We all are worried about that. But is there a specific reason that she's worried that people are going to judge her? She basically said it's really hard to get me to open up and it's like you're on the bachelor that is kind of the antithesis of what you're supposed to be doing here and i we do know some things about her that are rumored and and whatnot she's someone to keep an eye on because we do see in the previews there's a conversation love is love and i feel like she thinks she's trying to say the right things um but there can be a lot of ways that i think what she says is is taken and in it could certainly be with the way she was raised and she's learning. So who knows? But I think there's definitely more to come with that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eye on her. Then Mari talks to Matt. Mari is Puerto Rican. She starts to talk to him about her family in Puerto Rico. Matt asks about like all of the hurricane and natural disasters and how her family is fared. And they start having a pretty, you know, intense emotional conversation. And then Katie comes in and taps her with, her vibrator, her vibrator dildo, to interrupt her. I thought that Kate, uh, Mari handled this really well. She just was kind of like, sure, you can talk to him, and like got up and left. Katie and Matt have some small talk here. I, I know you, like, I like Katie. I don't dislike her, but I definitely think this is a friend zone thing. I didn't really sense a lot of, like, romantic chemistry. So I'm going to uh, say this. I will never tap you on the back with a dildo. You'd be very unhappy with me, Caitlin. I think that being sex positive is great. I don't, you can tap me as long as it's clean. You can tap me on, on the shoulder, on the head with it. I personally wouldn't introduce myself to America in the way that Katie. 
Wait, you think Mari handled the tap of the dildo very well? I, I thought she was really upset with it. Well, I mean, we see so often girls fighting and saying, no, can you give me 10 more minutes? You know, I thought she was just like, sure. She was like, can I talk to him? And she was like, okay. I'm like, Katie used that dildo as a wand. And just was like, vanish. Yeah, it might as well have been Harry Potter, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, just think about how much the producers, though. This had to have been producer stuff, too. Like, 150%. <laughs> don't hide the dildo. No, we're not taking it with you. We said you could bring it, but when we said that, we meant you are keeping it all fucking night. You are not setting that dildo down. It took a lot to get this dildo on screen, and we're not letting it go away anytime tonight. I can imagine that producer being like, we're understaffed. It's COVID. They're not going to go through a hiring process. I'm not getting fired. You tap that bitch with that dildo right now. I know. And she's like, eh, okay. <laughs> and then another conversation, multiple conversations, is with Victoria, who is the self-proclaimed queen of the season. I'm not really a fan of her. Again, I just don't like the like weird gimmicks, like wearing the tiara and saying she's a she's a queen. She. Um, interrupted to talk to Matt twice. She seems like a hot mess, and she's also someone I'm going to keep my eye on, but not for the same reasons. <laughs> Rachel. Yeah, Matt, when he was on Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel was kind of trying to get him to talk shit about Victoria, and he was like, no, Victoria's cool. I kind of liked it. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, sir? Well, Victoria got the producer's first impression rose. Again, this was all completely for you. She may be a very nice girl in, your, in real life. She was nice to us. She DM'd us her, her birth chart. Her... That's, see, that's how she won my heart. She was smart. She I know. She played nice with me, and now I love her. She could do no wrong. She so, could slap me in the face. I'll be like, thank you. With, with Katie's dildo. <laughs> <laughs> she can slap me in the face with Katie's dolta. I'm like, thank you, because you were nice to me. I love that we did so much research. Like, by the way, guys, these holidays, these past couple weeks, what we've been doing is sliding in to these girls' DMs to get their birth chart information as much as possible. And we've had some convos, put up some stories. They've responded. Katie also has been one that has been very responsive. So has Chelsea. And so that's part of the reason I like them so much as well. Why do you like yeah. Victoria so much though, besides that? Because she shakes so things up. She is giving the girls a run for their money. I've been mistreated by girls plenty in my life. So if I have the opportunity to meet a bunch of strangers and just annoy the shit out of them for no reason, I do it. And it's only going to make you more famous. She does teach everyone like what to do. Like if you have to fight for this chair. Well, it's also people like Victoria, you think, are they on this show to get famous or are they on this show to find love? Because there's most of the people are somewhere in the middle and they can tactfully maneuver these situations where it's like, okay, yeah, she wants Instagram followers, but she's, she's a good actress. She's pretending like she's here for love. Victoria flat out. It's like, she's delusional. She thinks that this stunt is actually going to find her way into Matt James's heart. She's she just, she threw romance out the window when she got there. She's like, no, I am here to cause a scene. We have Brie and Matt. She's beautiful. Her dress is a vibrant green, which is actually the color of the heart chakra. I thought that was a bit of a sign. Ooh. I don't know about anyone else. Well, Rachel also wore green, but, and actually those are two of my favorite dresses. And then Serena C. I loved that color blue she was wearing. So Brie states that she's also biracial. Her mom is Persian, her dad is black, and they were separated before she was born. So she's sharing a lot of similarities with Matt, not to mention 
she's got a lot of Sagittarius in her chart and so does Matt. They seem so similar. Like, you know, usually I feel like the lead finds somebody that mirrors them and that's not typically who they choose, but it's someone that they keep around for quite a long time because they like them, they see themselves in them and can relate to them on some level. I'm curious if she is final two because when Jimmy Kimmel said his picks of who his wife thought was going to win, when he said Bree's name, he kind of looked like really sad. Yeah, I feel a lot of heartbreak with Bree. In my like little intuitive soul, I feel like something went wrong and Bree's upset. She's Sagittarius. And if there's a lot of Sagittarius in her chart and she was final two, she invested so much energy and then doesn't get picked. That's going to be earth shattering beyond belief. That's going to take a lot of years to repair. And not to mention she was private. She was the only contestant that was private. She didn't use this time to gain followers. None of that. She's heartbroken. She's devastated. That's a big sign to me. Well, let's live in the moment. Let's be present. I love that she says that it was important for her to see diverse love stories. And she didn't see that much growing up. She said that her mom devoted her whole life to raising her. And she never saw a real example of what love was like. I completely understand. I've said this to my therapist. I've never seen a real love story in front of me, something that has ever worked out, something that's ever been healthy. And the one couple that was my aunt and uncle that I used to say that about, oh my God, they got the nastiest divorce a few years ago. (laughs) Like, I love her. I think that on camera, she's stunning, but she's one of those people, if she walks in a room, you're probably like jaw to the floor. Oh my God. Stunning, stunning, stunning. And I just think- She is. She seems smart. Yeah, and she seems smart and so well-spoken. I just love her. Yeah, she's got an incredible presence. So if she doesn't make it to Endgame, I really hope she becomes The Bachelorette. I think she is a real possibility to become The Bachelorette because do I think they're going to choose a Black Bachelorette? Sadly, even if it's the right person, I'm not so sure if they're going to do it that quickly, but I do see them potentially choosing someone like Brie. Or she should be with Ivan because they seem like they're of such similar souls. Something about them. Uh, She said that she couldn't imagine doing this with anyone but Matt. A lot of the girls were saying that last night. That's Mm -hmm. interesting that everyone knew what they were signing up for. Side note, though, what Rachel said is that they reached out to her. Casting reached out to Rachel. And I think she signed on and said yes, like, a while ago before they even picked Matt. And she said she was trepidatious, but then when they, she found out it was Matt, she felt more calm. But, you know, there's definitely a group of girls that, like, signed up without knowing. Yeah. yeah, definitely, because some people are on the pile for a couple seasons. So Abigail sits with Matt, and she's just a little angel, and she's in blue. She really seems like yeah. an angel. She looks like an angel. And I can't help but think of Mystic Michaela. I'm like, oh, she's definitely, like, blue aura empath color so i thought that was interesting that she was wearing royal blue um she is surprised that he remembered her story i don't know how you could forget he went in for the kiss and he was really feeling it. you know what makes me laugh is that that you know that matt really does not know much about the show he is i think the only bachelor that kissed such a small amount of girls on the first night this was the only one that we saw like i hope they didn't cut any out but most most leads in general are making out with at least three to four 
on the first night. And I guess he didn't get the memo, but good for him. I'm glad he did it. He gives her the first impression, Rose. I'm glad. What else can you say? It was like a perfect conversation. It was a perfect kiss. She got the first impression, Rose. She deserves it. On Bachelor Happy Hour, Abigail said that she's so insecure about being deaf and that she's really struggled and that she remembers an instance where she went to Top Golf on a date and Top Golf is really loud and the guy didn't know that she had cochlear implants that she was deaf and she was too embarrassed to tell him and she couldn't hear or understand anything that was happening the entire date and it just kept on getting worse and worse that she was getting like embarrassed and nervous to say anything that she just never said anything and I think and that's why she said she's like I'm not doing this anymore oh that's so sad I know kudos to her and honestly this is the perfect situation to date someone because you have a team of people that know what the right environment is for you I do think that she definitely had a producer that was really really close with her because she did say, I don't remember if it was on the show or on this podcast, that she heard that Matt is a really nice man and he is open and understanding. I feel like she has to have a producer to be like, we wouldn't put you in this situation to mock you, to hurt you. Like we are, we're not going to let that happen. Like you are our precious baby bird and we want you to fly, which she needed, you know? Like we've really never seen a, a woman like this on the show and I can only imagine how much anxiety goes into that. But also she said that she didn't know if Matt would be interested in her just because of her quiet demeanor anyways, you know, that she would fade into the background. So I really love that he took such an immediate liking to her. I hope it helps other girls out there that have conditions like she does to let them know that you can still get your first impression, Rose Girl. You can still stand out. You got this. Yeah, it's so important. And she's making such a great example for all the other women that are in her shoes. So the rose ceremony, I did not expect that many people to go home so quickly. Is that normally how it goes? They gotta cut them down because they're bringing five more in. Yeah, and a lot of fans are wondering if anybody volunteered to leave after the prayer thing. But I mean, in this day and age where like followers are currency, would you do that? No, I don't think any of these girls left on. And if they did, I, would they have shown it? I don't know. But a lot of these girls that he sent home, I mean, are prime batch nation material. Sane, Sane. Stunning. Stunning. <laughs> funny, funny, relatable, down to earth. She posted something saying, like, I am glad I went in and I was true to myself and I I'm like 100% committed to myself. So I was like, oh, maybe she did leave because of the praying thing. After hearing the rumors, I was like, is that what she's trying to say cryptically? I don't know. I really like her though. I just, paradise is going to be very difficult. I definitely want to see Imani, Sine, and Cassandra for paradise. Yeah, then we get a sneak peek and we see him making out with Kit, Serena P, Sarah, and Chelsea. He's getting around town. And one of the girls he is kissing is a girl that we've never seen, Michelle, who is going to be one of the women that comes on in a couple of weeks. Then we see him talking to Rachel, who says she does acknowledge color in every sense and that love is love and it doesn't matter what it looks like. I don't even like the way she said that either. I don't, I, I'm not into cancel culture. I'm not into like PCBS crap and dissecting people. We should just let people express themselves and 
know that they always have the best intuition at heart until their actions prove us otherwise. Like I'm totally about that. Love is love is something that, you know, pride during pride. That's what people say, you know, a man and a man love each other. Love is love. A woman and what do the women love each other? Like love is love. And you know, it is interesting. I don't want to compare the LGBTQ community to a black man and a white woman being together, but like, it kind of seems like she took that saying from the LGBT community. Yeah, it kind that, of feels that way. And it's like, you know, I always say love is love. Don't get me wrong, you know, but. Yeah, she just seems really ignorant. She's, you know, she's, she's 24. To me, that's very young. It's in, at the end of the day, he's like his final four are all um, pretty young. I'm pretty sure, but she probably just has some stuff to learn. I think she was really trying to say the right thing in this preview. It's almost like Beauty and the Beast situation. I, like, yeah, it was like kind of like trying to. Yeah, it was like we're from two different worlds. Like, no, you're not. Like, yeah, it's like if I love stop. this, like I can love anything. It's like no, 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 no. Matt James yeah. is a beautiful man. You could only be so lucky to be with you, crazy girl. Not like if I love you, it's okay because love is love. Like, no, no, honey. No, no. I would rather hear, if I love you, fuck the world kind of thing. Like, just say that. That sounds way more poetic to me. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to, like, wish for the best, even though the TikTok came out. doesn't really look too good. The girl says she has receipts. I'm, I'm waiting. I was like, let's see what happens. I mean, who knows if this girl who's attacking her, just to give the benefit of the doubt, who knows if this girl who's attacking her on TikTok was, like, a girl who signed up for The Bachelor and didn't get chosen. Right. but also knows her from home and felt like, you know, she could ruin her life because she, she's jealous. Who knows? Or she's right and she wants justice. Like, you can only hold your breath and, you know, be of two minds with it. Well, I also have the feeling, though, if Rachel really was like that in real life, there will be other people to come out if it's true. It's not yep. just a one-and-done conversation. That's probably a conversation that she perhaps had with several, many people. Then we see the new women are added. Shake things up because uh, we're only in one location like batch nation really needs to make sure they have their safety nuts and one of them is potentially a sugar baby i don't want to see sugar babies getting attacked like let people live their life like women should support women no matter what then we see heather come never been missed <laughs> never been kissed never been kissed heather right okay and and chris harrison's like please no oh baby oh baby like you're going to ruin everything <laughs> she's at the security gate like they won't let her in and she's like hi chris it's me can you she's like no 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 i swear i know these people can you call chris harrison sweet guys just just <laughs> let me in it's like heather you're a nice girl i don't want this for you it's not going to end well okay come on in cameras roll <laughs> can't wait to see the ratings all right, so then we see Katie and Serena Seek scream at each other. You know, I like the two of them. I'm going to hate seeing that. Katie said on, I think it was her Instagram, she was like, if you guys are going to watch an episode, this is the best one. I feel like she might get edited in a negative way at some point, and I hope I don't regret. But, I, but I'm standing by. I'm standing by my feelings about her, but, you know, I, she likes to stir the pot. What I found interesting is that there's going to be a lot of tears from Matt. When Chris Harrison described the season, every time he was interviewed prior, while Tasha's season was still even running, they're like, Chris Harrison, give us one word that, for the, that describes the season. And he just kept saying, gut 
wrenching. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, because those girls are so obsessed with Matt. They're thinking they're going to be Instagram royalty. Their heart's going to get broken even harder because they've been isolated because of the pandemic and everything's magnified because of the pandemic. No, we actually see gut-wrenching emotions from Matt, who, by the way, is in a Saturn return. I'll be posting that on the Instagram. Stay tuned. No um, way. Yes. Saturn return, guys. I just ended mine. It's been, well, I'm sure you guys have ended yours too, but it's been fucking hell. They say don't criticize Saturn, but I had to. It's been a horrible three years. So welcome to the club, Matt. Glad to pass the ship baton over to you. Um, So then we see, he's like sitting on these little cobblestones. He's crying so hard. He's devastated. And, And Chris says to him, I'm sorry. And he's like, I need some time. And we see him get in a black SUV and kind of like leave, which is, he does not leaving, but they made it seem like he was leaving. I think a girl leaves that he really liked. Yeah. Could it be Brie? No, it's not Brie. I don't think. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That wraps it up for this week's recap, guys. Next, we have some good Bachelor Nation news and gossip, like we always do. I know in our bonus episode this past week, we talked about Peter and Kelly. We have some new developments. So just a few days ago, Kelly finally posted on Instagram about the breakup. She basically said what Peter said and that they were in two different stages of their lives and saw their paths differently. Peter even commented on it with a heart emoji. I would be so fucking pissed. I would just be like, can you just fucking leave me alone? You psycho. Like, Especially if the rumor's right that he cheated. Yeah, so for sure. There's a few rumors, okay? One of the rumors is that he cheated on her with a Revolve girl. Not that unbelievable, guys. Let's be real. How likely is it that Peter hooked up with a Revolve girl? I would say very. And no, it's not Hannah Ann. As likely as the sun sets. And then there was other articles that came out that Barb was the one to break him up, that she wanted to be first. Barb's birthday also was around Christmas, I believe. So she fought for Peter potentially to stay there with her. Kelly wanted him to be with her family in Florida. Who really knows what happened on that front? But when all of those articles came out, he spoke with Entertainment Tonight. And here is what he said. Kelly and I broke up two weeks ago. I flew to Chicago and was finished with the relationship. Then my mom really encouraged us to be in the relationship if we wanted to be and to not give up. Kelly and I operate on two different frequencies and one isn't better or worse than the other. We're just two different people and those differences surfaced after eight months of dating. But I loved her like crazy and my mom really cared about her. I call BS. I call Barb's like, Peter, you tell them. I didn't do this. Or maybe he read my astrology breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he said frequencies. I was like, man, level them up here, Pete. He said frequencies. He said differences surfaced after eight months of dating. He's just such a little child. I I hate him. I'm so over (laughs) the storyline. Like, he's such a little nothing. Kelly's great. Like, I never want to hear a PP again in my life. I never want to hear for a peep from the PP again, ever. I think there will be more to come out. He'll randomly be dating a girl very soon. Be like, I don't know what happened. It was love at first sight. I wish she was on my Yeah, he'll find someone regardless. Then I do just want to bring up the Carly and Evan breakup, which is, uh, they're old news at this point, but 
it's interesting because they're Carly, I think is very obviously lying to the public in my opinion. So reality Steve a while ago said that there was a couple that had broken up and he wouldn't announce it for them. He didn't want to do that. And then the woman, the ex went on his podcast, Evan's ex and Carly is now posting these YouTube videos about how sad she is. Like saying that Evan is the one that initiated it. I don't know. I'm getting the vibe like, girl, you are like milking it right now. So hard. I don't think that they were together very recently. I think Evan's probably too good of a man to ever tell the truth about what happened because she is the mother of his children. In my eyes, I'm just like, girl, I do not believe you at all. And I hate that she's putting the blame on him because he seems like a very, very nice man. So I wish, I wish him the best. I wish their children the best. I wish her the best. I've watched some of the videos and I just am like, this is kind of some sludge to get through. I don't believe it. Wanted to give you guys also some updates on our happy couples that we've gotten this past summer. Of course, we have Zach and Tasha who have spent the holidays together in New York. And there are just these cute, amazing paparazzi photos all over New York. They seem so happy and I'm thrilled for them. Dale and uh, Claire have posted TikToks. They've been together. They did one What's, what is it called when you do it on TikTok where you go one way or the other, where it's like- The tricky song. Yes, the tricky, the tricky trend. And it's like night owl, early sleeper. Yeah. And then they said babies and Claire runs the way of babies and he's like, oh, and she drags him. It's really cute. Oh, said both selections were babies. So either way, either direction you went, it was exactly. babies. Yeah, babies. They're definitely playing into it. Love it for But them. then on his stories, he was asked, like, what was his highlight of 2020? And he was like, oh, like, going to the event after Kobe passed and, like, some other thing. Well, he said the engagement, of course. Does Claire seem more into him? Yeah, sadly. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm hoping for the best because I, I, I like Claire and I just don't want her to be played with. Yeah, I agree. Well, then we mentioned this earlier, you guys, but Reality Steve has come out. And basically said he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about this season and to take everything that he says with a grain of salt. But again, to recap, projected F1 is Rachel, Serena P, and Michelle, and Brie are the potential other three in that realm. We'll see what happens. I hope that he gets some more information because it makes things a lot more interesting for us. Oh, in one of the Facebook groups that we're in, I'm in, and Caitlin, I think, here's some unofficial tea on Kylie. Apparently, she up and left her long-term boyfriend in June and left almost everything behind, including their two dogs. And the guy was literally blindsided. He had even purchased an engagement ring. This is the girl, you guys, that came up in the lingerie. Seems like she's not there for the right reasons. I'm not super concerned about her because she's not going to make it that far. Anyways, that wraps it up for this week's news and gossip. These people are cray cray. I can't wait to see what happens in the next week and to stalk all of these women. And this is what spoilers are fun for. In a way, it's kind of cool reality Steve isn't on his game because now we can just like see what's actually happening from these women because they have some secrets. Who doesn't? Let's see them come out. All right, well, for what's your sign, I pretty much posted a lot of information. I posted Matt James's entire chart on our Instagram, and I got into his Lilith and Capricorn. I have to say, there is way too much Capricorn and Sagittarius in Matt James's chart. It worries me because those are tough nuts to crack when it comes to love. 
it is. And it's, it's tough to get the multitude of that combination. There's so much of it. it just seems like a very timid compilation for a chart. However, I posted the chart. There's going to be more on the Instagram. Keep following. I'm going to keep what's your sign short and just leave it at that for today. So follow us on Instagram and you will see a lot of Instagram breakdowns. And if you missed last week's episode, we discussed Kelly and Peter's breakup. And of course, we'll be posting a little characteristics of each of the cast members that are, we see so far. Yes. So make sure to follow us at Throw Batch Pod as the episodes come up and the conflicts arise. We will even talk about why maybe some women don't get along so well, all of that. It's always interesting. You know, if you look back on your life and you're like, wow, me and that girl did not get along. Sometimes you can see where the stars aligned or did not align there. Next, we're going to get into That's What She Said. It's not That's What He Said this season. It's That's What She Said. Did you talk to him? I did. How did it go? It was so fast. Yeah. We started to get into a deep conversation, and then I was tapped on the shoulder by the vibrator. Oh, girl. Talk about a buzz kill. Was it on? At least it's not used. Or so she says. Then Mari privately talks with MJ. I was like, I kind of didn't know what to do. So the dildo interrupted your conversation? <laughs> the thing touched me on the shoulder and it like said, hey. Then Mari confides in current. Did you get to talk to him? Until I was tapped by a dildo. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, was it awkward? Touching someone with a dildo to interrupt? It was, kind of. Yeah, I know. I think that's just like her sense of humor. Katie in an ITM. It was never on my bucket list to boop a pageant queen on the shoulder with a dildo. Um, am I happy about it? Absolutely. Mari would definitely benefit from using my vibrator. And if she's my roommate, I will absolutely let her borrow it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now we're gonna throw it batch and say what type of alcohol drinks the cast of that season, the standout performers remind us of. Um, I'm gonna start with Katie here and Katie is definitely vodka in a shot glass. She is there for a party for a good time. She is like in your face. Well, speaking of face, I have a really inappropriate one, and I don't think Katie would be offended by this at all. I think if she heard it, she would rather like it. I'm trying to get creative this season with the cocktails I'm talking about. Me too. It's called Sit On My Face. It oh. is. <laughs> it I is. Saw that one. So it's one third ounce of Kahlua, one third ounce of Frangelico, and one third ounce of Bailey's. I think Katie would be down with this. I'm, you know what? What if Katie just like also has a strap on in her bag? <laughs> She's like ready to. <laughs> yeah, the vibrators is just like a warm up. It's a gateway. She's got, she's got plenty. So for a sex positive Katie, she's in the woods at Nema Collin or Nema Collin, whatever the correct way to pronounce it is. And so I gave her sex in the woods, much like sex on the beach. <laughs> 
<laughs> not by ingredient. A half a cup of dry gin, one tablespoon of fresh lime juice, two teaspoons of grenadine, four cups of club soda, fresh mint leaves for garnish, and some lime wedges. I, I would actually love to drink this tonight. So next for Victoria, I'm giving this girl a dirty Shirley because she was just pretty immature, but also wasted during the entire episode. I'm going to give Victoria a cocktail called That Bitch. It's one ounce of Chambord, four ounces of champagne, and one blackberry. You pour the Chambord into a chilled champagne flute, add the champagne to the flute, garnish the drink with a blackberry, and stir the drink, bitch. I'm giving Victoria the slippery nipple because just <laughs> like a nipple, she points everyone in the right direction. So, and then for Abigail, our first impression rose winner, I'm going to give her a glass of Riesling because she's just so sweet and, and feminine and cute. I don't personally like Riesling, but she embodies, you know, a sweet, nice, fruity wine. I'm going to give her something called Cure Royale. It's a French cocktail. It's a variation of Cure. It consists of creme de, I can't even say this. Creme de cacao. Wow. Creme de right. I don't know. creme de cassis. Oh, creme de cassis. It's a blackberry liqueur. Oh, oh, okay. Caitlin <laughs> and her knowledge. Bougie. Thank you for correcting me, Caitlin. Creme just de cassis. Just call me Bennett. Oh, just call you Ooh. Bennett. I love it. Creme de cassis. And it's topped with champagne rather than the white wine used in traditional care. This aperitif is typically served in a flute glass. She is classy and she is delicious. I'm giving her the sweet fallen angel cocktail. Oh wait, but a fallen angel means like bad, right? But she like came from heaven and she fell to earth. Yeah, she's, she's an a angel. sweet fallen angel. I'm gonna give Matt, our star of the season, a nice classic ice cold martini with two olives. He is classy, he's elegant, he looks beautiful in his suits and his nice knits in the lovely Nemacolin, beautiful fall foliage background. I just see him sitting by the fireplace, sipping a martini and letting the girls come in. With that velvet suit. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna give Matt a Manhattan because you know, he lives in New York. He is sophisticated. He's got it going on and he is the boss of this bitch. Let's bring it on, Mr. Manhattan. I gave Matt a Tom Collins because he's that Nima Collins. <laughs> <laughs> the drink is named after a man and he's like, what a man, what a man. And it also has two first names. I just felt like there was a relationship there. It's a manly drink. I would love it right now, actually. Mm. Gin, lemon juice, club soda. Mm. Now into the botanicals of the gin lately. Well, guys, we will have many more cocktails for you for many more weeks out of this season. <laughs> <laughs> we are so thankful that you've joined us for this week of Throw It Batch. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Throw It Batch Pod. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Jazzy and please let us know what you thought of it. We're going to be posting it individually on our Instagram. It was a treat for you. It was a treat for us and we hope to continue to get more interviews like this. Anything, any last words this week, girls? Cheers to Matt James. I'm so excited for this season and cheers to going back like to the East Coast in the fall, my favorite season. All right, guys, we will see you next week and we will be posting our content 
continuously on Instagram. Lots of Astro stuff. Let us know if you have any questions because I'm sure Melissa would love to answer them. We'll see you then. Bye.